0: Hello and welcome to The Michigan Murders. I'm Laura.
1: And I'm Stephanie.
0: Oh, man. Do we both have Christmas stories today?
1: Yes. Yes, we definitely do. So
0: today's a murdery Christmas special <laughs> for everyone to enjoy. I mean,
1: or not. Yeah, I mean, it's mine's not cheerful by any means.
0: No, mine's not either. Um, I mean, there is a Christmas feast of sorts, but
1: <laughs>
0: a horrible one.
1: <laughs> when I was looking up mine and, and yours popped up, I, I know exactly what you're talking about now. And I'm like, uh, shivers. Yep.
0: <laughs> and I think I'm am I first this time. Sure. I don't I don't remember.
1: I don't know, but go for it.
0: I edited the last one, but to ask me <laughs> if I remember any of it. No. Okay. So the one I'm doing is very new as far as prosecution and the court case because this was 3 days ago. Oh well. Wow. This was sentenced, so this is kind of over a span of a few years here. On December 24th, 2019, at around 5:20 p.m., a 25-year-old man named Kevin Bacon not the celebrity from a Creek left home to meet up with a man from the dating app grinder. So I don't know if it, I've never used grinder, obviously uh, being a straight woman, but right. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, um, I think that I don't think you would. <laughs> is that like a LGBT specific dating app?
1: Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never downloaded it. I don't know if it's like, If women are in it as well, but I do know that I hear a lot of it about it from the male gay community.
0: Yeah, I always kind of thought it was a gay men dating app.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: The man he was meeting, 50-year-old Mark David Lutonski of Shiawassee County, went by a variety of other names. These included, in the stories and stuff that I found... Olikos Lucas Letunsky, Wilk, Tlykos Vilkas, William Gregory Dean, and Edgar Thomas Hill. Hmm. The dude had a variety of aliases across all the stuff he was on. According to a Detroit Free Press article, Latunsky had a long history of mental illness, according to divorce filings by his ex-wife, Emily Latunsky. The two were married in 2001 divorced in 2013, and had four children. Latunsky was diagnosed in 2010 and 2012 with severe, recurrent, and chronic major depression with psychotic features, adjustment disorder with depression and anxiety with paranoid schizophrenia, and borderline personality traits. Um, That's according to an August 2019 motion to suspend parenting time. Oh, wow. His condition can be treated with medication, but Latunsky has a history of not taking it according to his ex-wife's court filings. When he doesn't take his medication, he'll watch torture horror movies, talk to himself, stay out all night, threaten to get rid of his children's animals, claim their son isn't his child, and fail to shower and shave. He previously kidnapped his own children by failing to follow custody plans, kept his ex-wife and her children from leaving the home, made frivolous claims to Child Protective Services, and claimed she and her brother were trying to murder him by poisoning a well. So this guy was not with it, obviously. According to a police report, once in 2013, he introduced himself as William Gregory Dean to police and claimed he killed Mark Latunsky with the stroke of a pen after he pretended to be unconscious while police found him lying in his father's home nearby. His public defender, Douglas Corwin, had said Latunsky had been committed to hospitals four times for mental health concerns. Mm. Latunsky attended Central Michigan University from 1987 to 1991, interned for Dow Chemical that summer the same year, and went to earn a master's degree in chemistry in 1995 from Iowa State University. He was fired in 2019 from a job for refusing to take medication. Emily Lotunsky said in her 2019 August filing, he claimed his employer wanted to put harmful chemicals and products. And this guy was a chemist. So I don't, I just don't, <laughs> I guess what gets me is that the court has
1: all this evidence of him needing this medication of him possibly being a danger to people. I mean, he kidnaps his family, holds his wife, all of these things, ha- makes all of these
0: claims and they don't commit him. Yeah. With what mental health services? They're already so limited as it is. It's like, take your medication <sighs> and then it gets left at that. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, all I can think of is that he, he really needed to be in a mental health facility Where they could make sure he takes his medications and make sure that he's, like, on the up and up. Whereas instead of just, oh, hey, don't forget to take those. Have a great day. Yeah. That's not how that works. Oh, gosh. Yeah,
0: it's tough because with what systems in place is going to monitor someone to make sure they're taking their pills every day. Yeah. It's really hard to, yeah, I don't know. Um, Kevin Bacon was reported missing Christmas Day after his roommate said Kevin went to meet a man on Christmas Eve after they connected through Grindr but he didn't come home for a family breakfast his car was later found in a parking lot in Clayton Township his cell phone wallet and a bag with his clothes were found in the car which is so weird to me like you're going to meet a guy and you don't take anything with you right so after days of searching, a tip eventually led investigators to Latunsky's house in Morris on December 28th. I think it was the county police got the tip they called in the state police to Latunsky's residence for a welfare check. So that was the guise of getting it. It was, you know, we're doing a welfare check on you. Latunsky spoke to the state troopers outside and allowed them to enter his home is the weird part because obviously off um, because once inside investigators found Kevin murdered inside the home in a room in the basement and it was a sex torture room I guess you would call it set up down there Latunsky spent part of Christmas with his estranged husband Jamie Arnold and Arnold's friends acting as normal as can be according to what Arnold told MLive Kevin's parents Carl and Pam Bacon learned the horrible details of what happened to their son through court documents. Carl said evil does exist and it touched us. The court documents revealed disturbing details of how Kevin died. According to those documents, police found Kevin naked and hanging from his ankles from a rope attached to the rafters on the ceiling in Latunsky's home in that basement room. Lutonski allegedly told police he murdered Bacon by stabbing him with a knife in the back one time and then slitting his throat.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: He also said he cut off a portion of his janitalia, cooked, and ate it.
1: What in the world? Yeah. I remember seeing like, oh, you know, cannibal, this and that. I didn't know that. Because I, I tried hard, to stay yeah. away from it since I knew you were going to be doing
0: this one. Yeah, um, it's so messed up. Oof. Kevin's father, Carl, said it's gut-wrenching to hear the details and we are just beside ourselves as anyone would be. That's horrible. And according to a Fox News story, it appears Kevin knew that Lutonski was involved in a violent sexual fetish. What was released shows that Kevin had a dark side, Carl said. He obviously got into something that he wasn't prepared for. And I just want to say that Kevin may have known... Litonski had some fetishes. It doesn't mean that he knew the full intent of what would happen, right? So, by including the information from the article, that like doesn't mean I'm blaming Kevin or saying like he knew he was going to be killed and eaten. But that was in there, so I'm just I'm putting that out there,
1: (laughs) right? He could have also assumed that, like, say Litonski said, you know, in messages or whatever oh, I want to, you know, torture and eat you, blah, blah, blah. The Kevin could have thought, oh, this guy is just, you know, messing around, playing a game, you know, like.
0: Yeah, who really knows, though? He, I mean, he left all of right. the stuff behind in his car. So who knows what really happened?
1: Right, and that makes me wonder, too, is did he leave it behind or did Litinsky like, bring it and put it back in his car to plan it, like, but I don't know why didn't he then? Yeah. It's just so strange. I don't know. Strange. It's
0: so weird. But a look into Litunsky's history shows this may have been part of a larger lifestyle. Michael Parks, Latunsky's neighbor, may have saved another man's life in an eerily similar incident from November. Parks said, stunning, just absolutely stunning for Morris, Michigan, for being around a bunch of deer hunters and farmers. It's the last thing I expected to find here. So from a Fox news story, Park said he encountered a man in November on his front porch, covered in blood, knocking on his door. The quote says, he's got purple hair, he's wearing a leather skirt, and he's got a couple of belts across his chest, Park said. This gentleman is grasping my arm with deathly fear, screaming, help me, keep him away, just screaming at the top of his lungs. He wants to hurt me. He wants to hurt me. Another vehicle pulls in my driveway and out comes who I now find is Mark. Wearing a leather skirt, belts across his chest, no shoes, no shirt on, his beard is braided. Very odd-looking gentleman. Michigan State Police arrive within minutes and take the bleeding man with them. And according to an M Live story, the Lansing man got spooked during a consensual sexual encounter in which he was chained up in Latunsky's basement on November 25th, 2019. He fled to the neighbor's home with Latunsky in pursuit of the $300 kilt the man was wearing. Neither man wanted to file a police report, and no charges were ever filed against Latunsky for that incident. Without a reporting victim, police have trouble holding others accountable. In addition, consensual flogging and bondage aren't illegal. Right. Yeah, so that's crazy. He just decided maybe he didn't want his name out there in a court case or anything like that. Where he just wanted to let it go. But, man, how close he could have been. A gay escort website, rent.men, seemingly was connected to Lutonski. A web address appears attached to nude photos of Lutonski and uses the Olykos alias in a Google image search of the name. Park believes that man could have been another victim. He said, every time I start to think about what went on inside the home, my stomach turns and I don't even want to entertain those thoughts in my head because it's just creepy. It's very likely that Latunsky has engaged in this behavior with other people. Police believe potential victims could be out there but are too scared to come forward. In March 2022, Litunsky's defense requested a delay for another mental evaluation. Lutonski was found competent to stand trial and was due to appear in court on October 13, 2022, for a plea hearing ahead of his October 18th trial date. Latensky pleaded guilty on September 22nd, 2022, just three weeks before he was due to go to trial on charges of murder and mutilation of a dead body. Latensky's attorney, Mary chartier chartier. There's always one weird name to trip me up in these stories. Mm -hmm. Didn't want him to plead guilty and instead wanted to look at an insanity plea and believed he could have been helped better in a facility better suited to his needs. However, it was Latunsky's decision to plead guilty. His attorney said, The law requires that attorneys must follow the objectives of clients found to be legally competent as it relates to decisions such as pleading guilty, even if the attorneys believe it is not in the best interest of the client. She also said that L- had no interest in using an insanity defense. When asked why he did not want his attorneys to discuss his mental diagnosis, Latunsky said it was because it's not relevant. Okay. <laughs> and as many times as we talk about the insanity plea being used incorrectly, <laughs> this might be one of those times where you could be like, yeah, what? Right, he's a bit insane. Was it the the insane people don't believe they're insane? Isn't that kind of how the thought <laughs> goes? <laughs> like they think they're fine. Yeah. The truly disturbed ones. They're like, "No, I'm fine." If I'm you're not.
1: insane, you don't know you're insane. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is one of those weird cases. And while in court for his hearing, a Shiawassee County judge listened to both Latunsky's defense team and the prosecutor's office as they discussed the sentence he would receive. The hearing took two days and included his interview with police where he gave gruesome details about Bacon's death. The court found Lutenski guilty of first-degree premeditated murder ahead of his sentencing set to be held at a later date. On Thursday, December 15, 2022, Shiawassee County Circuit Judge Matthew J. Stewart sentenced Mark David Latunsky to life in prison without the possibility of parole for convictions of the first-degree murder and 11 months in prison for disinterment and mutilation of a dead body. As of December 15, 2022, Latunsky was placed in the Charles E. Eagler Reception and Guidance Center in Jackson. According to the website, the Reception and Guidance Center serves as a quarantine facility responsible for intake processing of all male offenders who are educated adults sentenced to a term of incarceration with the Michigan Department of Corrections. Prisoners with new commitments and parole violators are received at the Center for Assessments, Screening, and Classification prior to their placement in general population prisons throughout the agency. There, prisoners receive a variety of psychological, medical, educational, and security classification evaluations upon arrival. Prisoners are medically screened by professionally trained correctional health care staff during the intake process. Prisoners are subjected to 12 days of intake processing prior to being classified for transfer to a general population facility capable of meeting their medical program and security needs. Prisoners are kept there temporarily until they are transferred to their permanent facility. Prisoners with significant medical needs or prisoners involved in parole revocation hearings are held at the facility until their medical or due process concerns are resolved. So that was that crazy story. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of just a multitude of...
1: Bizarre.
0: M um, Live, Fox 2 Detroit, Free. Uh, mission department of corrections sources on what happened with that case it's
1: definitely bizarre to say the least i remember when it first came out because it was all over tiktok and i remember a lot of the lgbt plus creators that i follow were talking about kevin and so I remember hearing, like, bits of it and everybody, like, super upset. And I remember hearing his name and seeing his photo. Yeah. But I didn't know that there was an end to it and that he was just going through court.
0: It just took a long time. All the medical evaluations and getting the, the court case together. And, yeah, so 2019, three oh, years. Oh, that happened in 2019? December 24th, 2019. For some reason, I
1: thought it was last year. So that, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. been
0: three years since it actually happened.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, for some reason, I thought it was last year. And I was like, well, it went by a lot quicker than some of these. But then I'm like, okay, no, 2019. Yeah, that makes, it was quite a while. Yeah,
0: three years, and obviously it got a lot of press just because of the circumstances yeah. surrounding it. Yeah, totally bizarre.
1: Ugh. So, for mine, I have at 5.45 a.m. on Saturday, December 25th, in the 18,000th block of Provost Street, mother Elaine Pfizer and her 13-year-old adopted daughter, now I'm sorry about the names, I might butcher a few, Donya, who had developmental disabilities and used a wheelchair, were shot and killed in their home. The bodies of the victims were found around 4 p.m. when Elaine's older daughter and her family showed up for Christmas dinner, and they could see Elaine on the ground inside.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: They called the police, and the officers came and forced entry. Inside, both victims were found, and Elaine's husband was, quote, missing. It had been stated that her husband, Dwayne McDonald, was not Donya's father, As if that truly matters, seeing as either way, he killed the little girl. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, like... Two people are dead. Right. I don't think that she was adopted while they were married either. I'm thinking, like, she was adopted prior everything is what they're getting at. Oh. I can only assume. I went through two different articles. It doesn't... It didn't say.
0: Yeah. I can only
1: assume. Still, either way, the little girl is not with us any longer, and it's messed up, so... Officers were tipped off that McDonald was hiding in an apartment on the corner of Owen street and Woodward Avenue. They procured a search warrant that allowed them access to two apartments. And when officers arrived, they knocked on the door and announced themselves before forceful, uh, can't talk forcibly entering. (laughs) McDonald proceeded to fire a shot and police then fired back on McDonald who died at the scene although it cannot be confirmed that the shot that he had made was aimed at officers. But I mean, what he shot first. Why wouldn't it have been aimed at officers? If after they, oh, it just doesn't.
0: Yeah, typic- I don't know. Like, typically if somebody's shooting first, they're aiming at someone. It's not like shooting into the air.
1: Exactly. He was found in the apartment with two other people. One of whom was disabled and police had set up surveillance in the area after what police chief James White describes the murders as a heinous incident. Chief White stated that one of the people in the apartment was uh, with McDonald was instrumental in providing the police with information that helped them locate him and that he did not believe they were aiding and abetting him. She was a caregiver Said White of Elaine. She was a person who loved children and loved giving back to the community, and she was passionate about helping that child. For her to meet this demise is absolutely awful. Margaret Shively, Elaine's older daughter, stated It's not going to bring back my mother or my little sister, but he can't hurt nobody else. He's gone. He's not relaxing in warm air or none of that. He's gone. He's dead wasn't able to eat sleep still can't i'm still not even processing this right
0: oh.
1: which just makes me feel so sad yeah she had to deal with losing her mom and her you know little sister and finding like uh
0: bummer of a christmas episode to know that when you lose somebody near a holiday that holiday's never going to we be went. good again essentially Because we lost grandma near, even near Christmas. Yeah. Right after. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same.
1: Yeah. Police Chief White, of course, spoke with the family after the shooting. Justice is served. We appreciate all of the help and support. We thank the Detroit Police Department for all of the help that they did. And Twain? I'm not sure if he pronounces it Antwain or Antoine, but Antwain Jeffries said... It's all very sad. I didn't see anything that stated if he had a motive or not, although it doesn't really matter in the long run. No. I'm just glad he can no longer hurt anyone else. And as Margaret said, he's not relaxing in warm air somewhere. Yeah, While, exactly. her, while her mother and sister don't get that luxury. I mean, they couldn't have really talked to him, seeing as he died when they found him. So they couldn't find out. Motives, anything like that. But like I said, it just doesn't matter. Like, why you did it, you did it. Period. The two articles I found were from Click on Detroit and the Detroit News. What year was that?
0: Did you say what year that was? That was last year.
1: Oh, that was last year. Yep. 2021. They... These articles were posted, like, within three days after it happened. Wow. It's just...
0: And you kind of feel robbed of justice a little bit, like the person's yeah. dead and they can't be put through the process. And But then
1: again, you know, you're also like good. Like you don't deserve to get food, you know, every day and have a bed to sleep in. Yeah. And be in warm air. And you don't deserve it. <laughs> I don't know. Very conflicted on my. <laughs> yeah. Like I get
0: it. I'm very conflicted resolved but not you know
1: exactly i feel like that's exactly it like it's resolved but it's not justice but not
0: yeah it's kind of like when you hear about a cold case and they solve it and the person that did it is already dead yeah yeah
1: i've seen that and and i've seen those some of those make me really mad especially in the sense that they got to live for so many years without getting caught yeah and just got to relax and have kids or do whatever they wanted with their family. That's yeah, frustrating. And then they die a normal death. And then the cops are like, oh, this was who did it.
0: Cool. Thanks. For yeah, that. They, they had no repercussions from it. Awesome.
1: Yeah. At least this, he wasn't, you know, on the run for long. They found him. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I feel like we uh, need some good good news or good talk after that one. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy <laughs> Have a fantastic holiday. I um accidentally got one of my gifts early because when it came via USPS, it was just in, in the box. So I got a ninja creamy <laughs> <more> <laughs> early. I already tested it to make ice cream. And it's very delicious. <laughs> just to impatient me. You're supposed to make your mix in the thing and then you let it sit in the freezer for 24 hours before you blend it. I think I waited uh, 10 to 12. (laughs) And I was like, I'm making this now. (laughs) It's frozen enough. So it it was more of a soft serve than anything else. But it was delicious. Because I bought some... I did a vanilla. And then you can do mix-ins. So I had... um, I bought the edible cookie dough from the store, like little balls, and I put that in. So I had chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Ooh, It was real good.
1: I got an early Christmas present, too. I've been watching one of the girls that I follow on TikTok, uh, Positively Paige. She has been making a lot of recipes from Snoop Dogg's cookbook, From Crook to Cook. And I've been oh. obsessing over it. And I've been watching these TikToks, like, oh man, I want this cookbook. I've been seeing that cookbook for years. And they're hard to find too.
0: I've been very tempted because his does he have like a cook chocolate chip cookie recipe in there or something that looks really good? Uh I I went through a few and some of them
1: require um an an extra spice if if you, <laughs> oh. if you <laughs> Some greens. You don't, have to, you don't. You don't have to add those, but a couple of them give you that option. Um, his mac and cheese looks immaculate. There's, I, I can't remember if it was the cookies or the brownies. Something is like, oh, add this, and I'm like, well, here we can't do that in this state, um, so I won't be doing that. But but it was funny. My mom got me that as an early Christmas present, and I've been so geeked. I really want to try his mac and cheese. His biscuits and gravy also look amazing. So many. And he he even has a section that's all like drinks, like mixed drinks. Thanks, Snoop.
0: Appreciate it. It's awesome. I want some Snoop Dogg mixed drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hey, and just so everyone knows, we will be taking a short break after Christmas to the New Year, just because it seems like every holiday is falling on a the day that we usually record. Yeah, exactly. Like we record on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, and Sundays are all the holidays this year, so we will be busy. So we'll probably be back end of January. Give us some time to record some, and get caught up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening, and stay safe out there.
1: Watch out for the crazies.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. The music titled Teller of the Tales was provided by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incomptech.filmmusic.io.